0: the book of, of James in the fifth chapter, verses one through six, and it is, well, the title of this message is Money Talks, so it's, oh, no, we are going to talk about money. Well, I, who, who doesn't need any? All right. Who, who would rather be rich than be poor? Anybody would rather be rich? Re- no, you're afraid that even if well, there's two or three honest people that they're poor, honest. You know, of course we wouldn't. I don't even say have anybody says, nah, I, I'd rather be poor. You know, one wise guy said, they said, it's better to be poor and happy than rich and miserable. But couldn't we sometimes just work it out a little bit so being moderately wealthy? and just a little moody, you know? Or the, there's some quotes, I'm sure this would be some smiles to your face. Whoever said money can't buy happiness simply don't know where to shop. Hmm. And if time is money, or ATMs, time machines. Hmm. And a, a a lot of money is tainted. Taint yours, and it's taint mine. Boy, you'll get that driving home. Maybe you know there is a French novelist that said once, "A money may not um, buy happiness, but I would rather cry in a Jaguar than on a bus." And a French writer wrote, "Don't think money does uh, does everything, or if it's going to, or you're going to end up doing everything for money." Mm. And now, I, I, there was a uh, Englishman lawyer philosopher. I, I love to see a lawyer who is a philosopher sometime. Francis Bacon said, Money is a great servant, but a bad master. Then I found a quote from H.L. Munchen, he is a um, controversialist, humorous journalist. Now, I don't know how all, well, I can't even give a definition of that. But I looked up who he was, and he said, when somebody says it's not about the money, it's about the money. So James, James has never been a person that we see in our study that dances around a subject at all. Now, most of us, we, we would never consider ourselves to be wealthy by any means. And, but yet James still knows that this is so vitally important because he wants us to put this into perspective. And as we look at these six verses, I, I want us to not think, well, that's about that wealthy person. But I want you to know that There is a lot of things that dealing with money that, well, this really relates to, to us. And we here, as I'm going to share with you a little later, in America, we are much more wealthier, even the least of us, than people in other parts of the world in which we live in. Did you know that that there are one billion people that live on less than $1.17 a day. I can't even buy a cup of black Dutch Brothers coffee for that amount of money. But I also know that the Bible really doesn't talk about money being evil, does it? It says what? The love of, uh, of money is evil. Money is is really simply a means in which we are able to get something. But even in that means that we're able to purchase something that, that we may need, that means can't be misused. It's like a fire, you know, we, we need a fire heat to cook, but if you misuse it you could burn down your house. So there's three things I, I want to talk about very quickly in this passage here in these six verses. The first thing in verses one through three is a warning against hoarding wealth. Now, we, we hoard a lot of stuff. I've been in, in some people's cars that I think they're hoarding junk. I don't know, I'm uh, I, I then, Or I've been in some homes that I'm wondering do you need all those papers? All those magazines? And it's just, they're afraid to throw anything away. Now, not that I would commit to it, but if you want stuff thrown away, ask me to do it, because I'll throw everything away. And, um, I told one of my staff, uh, when Tyler was here, as our children's pastor, his office was always a wreck. I said, here's what we're going to do. We're gonna, you're going to clean this office. Or I'm going to clean it, and that means everything gets thrown out. Or I'm going to get someone who could be in this office to keep it clean. You get my drift. No, no, I'll clean it, pastor. I'll clean it. So let's look at this, because hoarding wealth. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail well because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotten your and the moth has eaten your clothes and your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. Wow, you have hoarded wealth in the last days. The apostle James was talking to us, not that it's that we shouldn't be saving, because the Word of God speaks to us about being careful, saving for a rainy day or retirement or unplanned emergencies. In fact, in 1 Timothy 5, 8, it says, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and it's worse than an unbeliever. I, I, Pastor James, I don't even have a clue what is worse than an unbeliever is. And uh, is that not human? Or, or I mean, it's, we need to do our best. I know there are times in which we struggle, but we're doing our best. Because you want to provide in 2 Corinthians twelve fourteen says, Now I'm ready to visit you, Paul speaking, for the third time. And I will not be a burden to you because what I want is not your possessions, but you. After all, children should not have to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. I, I, I would tell my kids from time to time, I want you to know I really love you, and, and I really want to leave you something. But when that day comes and I retire, I'm going to spend as much of your money that you think you're going to get that I can. Because it's mine. Yeah. And Matthew 25, verse 27 says, Well then, you should have put my money in a deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. You see, hoarding sometimes, we're wondering, well, what exactly is that. Is It's a failure to use or discard them, well, properly. Or simply put, now this really got my attention. Hoarding is wealth without God. Wow. You see, times that we we look at people and we see, okay, how do we we assess if they have or have not? In in America we would assess people that would have by the size of their homes, the type of car that they may drive, and in clothes or jewelry that they might wear. But in the days of James, here the, the apostle here, how they, they looked at it is with three things. First, it was with grain. And what they did is that your riches have rotten because they would want to build up their bins or their silos until it would be so full it literally would begin to rot. The second thing is in their clothing. And back then, majority of the time is that if they would go away on a trip, they don't have to have a suitcase. They're wearing the clothes that they'll be wearing the next day and the next day and the next day. They don't have multiple changes of clothes. But James says that the day is coming when moths will eat your clothes. Thirdly, he talks about gold and silver. And and we know that that it is not subject to literal rust being corroded. But but he was trying to make a point. When God brings judgment, even the precious metals will be doomed to corruption. He's talking to, to the farmer in Luke, the 12th chapter, who tore down his bins to build bigger bins. They refuse to think about anybody else but themselves. I'm telling you something, church. I love you, and and I cannot be more proud of your generosity in which you give to this work of the kingdom here in Channel 1st Assembly. But I also have seen where you have done things to be able to help other people in your family or outside of your family when you did not have it yourself. I, I love that I had w- one young woman, she she's a single mom and, and her car was broke down and she was in come to church and I knew she needed to get that car fixed. It was the heat of the summer and she made sure, Pastor, I gotta go to work, but I wanna make sure I turned in my tithe. I'm thinking, Well, you need that air conditioner fixed in the heat to, when you're going to work. This is couldn't you use that to get your air conditioner fixed? She goes, oh, no, Pastor, that's not my money. (laughs) I love you folks because of your heart to be able to give. Because he told that farmer times, he called him a fool because his life will be required of him in that night. And then what will he have? You see, to be rich without God is to be short-sighted in the light of eternity. James reminds his readers that what good are silos full of grain if your bags are full of, well, mold? Or or, or what good are tin changes of clothes if the moths eat them? And what good is having all of the jewelry and the fine uh, clothes if you're afraid to wear them because you might be robbed? Here's what I believe, that there is always something deeper in these people's lives than just wanting to hoard their finances. One, it is greed or it's a lack of of trust in which they have in God. James tells us very clearly is that we cannot allow this to grab a hold of us. So how are we to distinguish between what we will keep and what we give? How do we save? Well, he, he tells us that there's a warning against, well, these people who want to, well, how they receive or earn their money. He says in verse 4, look, the wages you fail to pay the workers who mow your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. See, what they were doing at that time, that they were not paying their people. Two is that these people were... So poor that they really didn't have the finances to be able to make a defense, bring an attorney to get that money from them. And if they did, the wealthy already has bribed those in authority to go their way. So he says, The Lord says, but he has reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. He's telling them in Leviticus 19:13, do not hold back the wages of the hard worker overnight. Hmm. I was I was thinking I go wow well, well, I don't think I have any uh billionaires here anybody or any million multi millionaires here. Uh, now, my father he is a cattle on a thousand hills. So Oh, uh. <laughs> that is my heritage someday. But, and I'm asking myself, how do I get us who are well that commoner? How do we embrace something like this? how, how do I? Not cheat out someone of their their earnings, well when, when I don't have in, well employees, well, I do because my my staff but but the idea is we have a responsibility of even those people in which we who serve us, when you're at a restaurant, and how do you tip them because that's where they make the money. Hmm. And and how much do you tip them? And, and I've heard I've heard Christians say, "Well, I'm not going to give them much because they didn't do a good job." Well, you don't know what's going on in their life. That poor woman or that poor guy, that may be his second or third job that he's working at to be able to make ends meet, and they're just wore out and tired. And anyhow, it's not their fault what the cooks do back in the kitchen to get that food out to you. And we blame the servers. I didn't get my glass, second glass of iced tea, and I'm angry with them. I think what we do is that we want to say give as we're giving unto the Lord. See, verses 5 and 6 says this. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence, and you have found yourself in the days of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent ones who was not opposing you. Whew. You know, what he's saying there in verse 5 is fattening their hearts in the days of slaughter. He was calling them ignorant cattle. We, we, We never want to get caught up. It's not sometimes that what I have, sometimes we could even get caught up mentally in what I want. And in that, that is mine not anyone else's, and we are reluctant to be able to give unto the Lord. I was <laughs> I was telling someone before the service, I'm having some water issues at home. I got to get some repairs done, and, and it was going to become rather expensive. And I go, oh, man. And the person who was looking at it, was adding up to all the costs and and I was about to pass out, you know, on it and and he goes, Oh, but, but your homeowners would take care of that. I go, What? He says, You just have to worry about your deductible. And I, I started to do the happy dance there. On it. then then I thought, wow. I should have gave more money. I gave money to our missionary. I should have gave more money to our missionary, and I wouldn't even have to worry about the deductible. You see, folks, God provides. After all, he owns it all. And one day we must give an account to him and how we use it, even in the little bit that we may have. But can i can I add something here? It's in uh Luke the twelfth chapter I believe it is and uh let me see something we find verse twenty eight if then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into um uh into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither of what ye shall be un doubtful mind doubtful minded. For all these things Do the nations of the world seek after? What, what is the world seeking after today? They are seeking after their possessions. They are seeking after the wealth in which they could get. Uh, I'm amazed if I'm driving along the road and, and I drive past a casino and I look in that parking lot and during the pandemic, it's packed. Huh? And your father knoweth that ye have need of these things. He knows what you need. Do you hear me? He knows what you're going through. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure. It is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Wow. So he provides. So family of God, I understand that that as we're looking at James, he's talking about those who have and how they may hoard it all. But but when we live in a country as we do, We do yet have a responsibility, even in the little that we have, to say, Lord, how do you want me to handle this? How can I help someone else who is in, well, more dire needs than I am? Because in their eyes, I'm wealthy. Now, In my eyes, uh, Bill Gates is wealthy. (laughs) But understand that we all can be a part of what God wants to do. Don't you just love the story about the widow's mite? that that there was a man giving, and he made sure what everyone had wanted to give, and she has these two little coins that she drops in, but those two little coins was everything that she had, and God recognized that. Did you know what I, I I want you to know what I do as a pastor of this church. When I see that our finances are getting tight, in, in that, that I'm watching them very closely because I do have all the responsibility of the lights and the payroll of the staff and the ministries and the missionaries that we support and on it goes that I have that responsibility. So when I see that there is, it's getting a little bit tight, what I do is I find a missionary that needs something and I give extra to that missionary, or I pick up that missionary. And I'm telling you, my board could, could attest of it, is that every time we increase in our missions giving is that our finances increase in the church. It works in the kingdom. And if it works in the kingdom of presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost world, it also works in your life as well. He understands your needs. And so when you get in a real pinch and when you're worried about something that, that you may not be able to pay for, of course, I know you need to be responsible to do everything you can. But maybe look around and say, who can I help? And it's even giving a glass of water in his name. God will honor that. Because it's that widow's might that God will provide. Is how he provides For the woman with a little bit of oil in the Old Testament. She just had enough oil to make a cake to eat. Then her and her son will die, starve to death. And then the prophet says, make me a cake first. (laughs) You're thinking, you egomaniac preacher. Get over yourself. But she did. And that oil, the only thing prevented her from having more oil is that she ran out of empty jars. Kept pouring it in, filling it up, pouring it in, filling it up. Those kids had have been going crazy, her son, is that because he is this little pitcher that's filling up a big oil jar and thinking, how's that happy, food? until there was no more jars. And then the oil ran out. She had enough to pay her debts and to live on through the famine. Now, God is our provider. He is our source. And when, when, the, when, when this pandemic hit, my, my retirement was going nosediving. I mean, big time nosediving is that I was going to have to pass with two or three or four churches. It was not really good. And I looked over at Arlene. I said, you know, I guess this is when we're going to just say, well, I guess the ravens would go, get the food, and come back and bring it to us. We're going to stay faithful in our giving and what we're doing in the kingdom. God honors your heart, when you look at what can I do with what I have. It's not how much I have, it's with what I have. And when we serve him with a heart of gratitude and a heart of generosity, I don't have to worry about the idea that, wow, is that James 5, 1 through 6, is that preaching to me, it really doesn't make a difference because I'm never going to be in that place where I allow that money to be my master. Is whatever God would have us to do, we do it as we serve each other because we're in this journey together. We are going to go close in prayer and God's blessing upon this congregation. But, but Melissa, could I mention about your brother in law? Do I have your permission? Melissa going, is going up to the reservation, Navajo Reservation, that tomorrow they are burying her brother in law. He was, could I tell the story? He was saving a woman who was trying to commit suicide by getting hit by a train. And he was trying to pull her off the tracks and the train was coming and she pulled him in to the train. He lost his life in saving someone else. Is the devastation to this family because everything that's going on with the pandemic with the issues of finances with with the issues of of the the racial issues in our world the political chaos and we ask God He was trying to save someone Why our family? I have no clue But I do know this is that he gave everything he had and that testimony of his life will be the legacy of saying I will lay down my life for someone if I have to. What a gift to a family. What a gift in which we have as a family of God. We want to Remember, Melissa, she goes up north tomorrow early in the morning. We want to pray over her. Why don't we pray over you as well? Because the needs that are represented in our lives, it's not like these days that we're living in great prosperity. And I was wondering, how in the world do I try to relate this message when he's talking about the wealthy? those who hoard their money, to a congregation that is beyond generous. They are sacrificial. But God knows where we are. And that's why I wanted to read that, that portion of Scripture is where he tells us that it brings him pleasure to be able to give to us in the resources of our needs when he sees our heart and sees your heart. So I say to you and to you who are listening, they're online. Keep moving forward. Keep serving. Keep giving. Even if it's that widow's might, God honors what we have and what we give. And he will use that in building his kingdom. And it is, he will continue to do that as we continue to walk in this journey together. Would you stand with me?